a modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name's Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this is a super special spoiler cast for Marvel Avengers Age of Ultron. This is where we would add those air horns if uh, we had if we had a sound effects board. (laughs) If 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 we if we had the talent to do that, yes. Yeah, but th- this is a big deal. We've been we've been waiting for this movie forever. You know, if you're a, if you're a regular listen to the regular listener to the podcast, we've been we've been hyping this movie since episode one. This this is my, the second um, movie on my list of this year. We talked about in the first uh, podcast the movies we're excited for. Mm-hmm. This is my second one I'm excited for, and I think I'm. Two for two, because like you're two for two on bad movies. <laughs> yeah, we we, we, we definitely uh, we're definitely uh, in the in the predictive uh, in the predictive fields. We should change our we should change our careers and we are, be like betters or something. We are telepathetic, man. We can view the future. <laughs> oh, but man, so yeah, we're just basically gonna like we're just gonna dive right into the film. You know, this this is obviously the spoiler cast. We're not gonna hold anything back. So. I don't. I don't think I've met anyone out there who would willingly go into a spoiler cast for a movie like this without seeing it. So I don't know if you're that type of person. You should send us an email and let us know why you aren't. Uh, why you aren't watching the movie yet? Why do you want us to ruin it for you uh, rather than you just going and watching it? Like yeah. that, that makes no sense. Like I went in like as blind as I could, and I was so surprised. And those surprises made the movie that much better. Oh yeah, I mean we we purposely talked about uh, on the last couple episodes how we have been trying very very rigorously to keep all of the the spoilers out of our heads and we kind of we stopped watching the trailers after well I know I stopped watching the trailers after trailer two I believe so there was a teaser trailer and then was there a second teaser trailer uh, I mean we had one teaser trailer and then three regular trailers yeah I, I stopped after the second trailer no but no we, we watched we watched the third trailer together uh, I think you watched the third trailer we, we talked we I talked would. about it hmm I don't know I'll have to go back well either way I think uh the next time uh, uh, a Marvel movie of this scale comes out I think I'm gonna scale it back on the trailers a little bit uh, I'll tell you I accidentally got tricked into one TV spot um, mm-hmm. but thankfully that didn't ruin anything I think oh, they're good. keeping a lot of the good stuff out yeah so yeah so spoilers you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Uh, let's let's talk about this. Let's All talk right. about Ultron. So first off, I'm gonna give you an overview of what the movie's done so far. Uh-huh. Uh It's the second highest opening day ever in America for a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would be the would this be the Friday or the Thursday? Uh, Friday. Okay. Uh, the uh the first the actually it beat the original Avengers by nine million on Thursday night. Oh man. Um, but on Friday it's the second highest opening ever. Couldn't quite beat. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Part I think, two. I think that's okay. I mean, that was like eight movies in the yeah, making. So that, 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 yeah, that that is eight movies in the making. It had a lot of sequels uh, beforehand. Uh, a lot of kids go to that one. Um, mm-hmm. As much as I like to see kids at this one, it's a little darker. I think mm-hmm. uh, I saw one family leave the screening I was at today. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. Uh, it made three hundred forty million dollars overseas its first week. Ooh, that's a chunk of change. I mean, I believe if I remember right, I think the budget for this film was what two fifty million. 
Uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I I looked it up and I believe the budget was around two hundred and fifty. So they, I mean, there was no question that they're going to be making their money back. But it's kind of a funny that they're like, oh, let's release this overseas before the U.S. gets it, just so we can pay, so we can pay the 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 accountants, and then we can just be all profit from here on out. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. The budget production estimated two hundred fifty million. So you're, uh-huh. you're you're right on the money there. They made that back real quick. <laughs> and just overseas, it's not even in America. Uh, uh-huh. In America, it's the second biggest opening uh ever so far this for the weekend mm-hmm. um there are lots of factors kind of going in play here like the kentucky derbies this weekend there was a boxing fight yeah the the, the pacquiao mayweather fight um and uh you know it's just plus they, they, that was this morning they had no sunday numbers yet and the theater i was in was full yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see if this beats the original Avengers, and if it's going to, you know, I don't, I don't really know if it's on track to to beat, you know, Titanic or uh, Avatar, but uh, it'll be curious to see if that happens. I would like to see it at least beat the original Avengers, mm-hmm. um, because even the, it's very rare a sequel does better than the first film, like you know, in reviewing and money wise. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'd, it'd be great. Um, I'm trying to see what the first Avengers is kind of ranked at here on uh box office mojo Mm -hmm. uh the original avengers it's not showing me something um i think it's over like 1.2 billion man uh so it's got a little ways to go but i mean seven days and it's already sitting at 600 half of that Mm -hmm. uh and i've got a few more viewings in me i don't know about you (laughs) you're gonna contribute a little bit more to the box office huh? yeah they're i'm telling them to shut up and take my money man but every day yeah, but this was obviously no surprise. We knew this was going to be raking in the in the dough, so that's no surprise to us when it comes to this film. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm excited uh, for it. Uh, ah, there, there's the Avengers. It beat the Avengers opening day by at least four million. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm ready to hear some reviews. Mike, are you ready to give me some reviews? Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll just jump right into it because, you know, if people are out there following you, they can already see uh, your review up on Comic UI. But of course, you're going to reinstate what you thought about the film. So, you know, I've been I, I've seen the film twice already, and I've been I've been really trying to collect my thoughts about about this movie. You know, I wanted to come in here with like a really hard form opinion about what I feel about this movie. But I think it's still it's still kind of ever evolving. You know, I, I enjoyed it more the second second time for sure but that's not to say i didn't like this movie i'll i'll just flat out and say this is a good movie i would recommend this movie to anybody it's fun it's an awesome summer blockbuster movie but i mean when it comes down to us we we're superhero fanatics i mean we we record our conversations every week about how much we love superheroes <laughs> so when we go into the movie i think that we're, we're not necessarily more critical but we we kind of we're kind of ex- expect a certain quality and I think the best way that I can kind of uh, rate or review this movie is comparing it to the other Marvel movies. You know, um, I, I, if you listen to uh, our uh, Superhero Slate episode this week, uh, you'll hear me say that I think I would, rate, I would rank this just below Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I, I think the first original Avengers is overall better in my mind for this movie. But I, I, think, I think Ultron had a, lot to, had a lot to compete with. I mean... Uh, not only is Ultron coming off the heels of some of the one of the two 
uh, best Marvel movies of all time, Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. People love those movies. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to compete with them, but it's coming off the heels of those movies. And plus it has to come off the heels of the original Avengers movie, which was just like, it was an ex- like that was an experience seeing that movie, the original Avengers. It was the first time we ever got to see all these characters together. And, you know, I don't think we really had as much information going into the original Avengers movie. You know, uh, unfortunately, Phase 3 is all planned out. We, we know exactly what we're getting in Phase 3. We know the movies that are coming. We already kind of know the, the plot line that's going to be in Infinity Wars because it's not too hard to Google what the Infinity Gauntlet is. So you, you don't even have to read the Infinity Gauntlet comic book to kind of see what's what's coming so i i think that's one thing that takes a little steam out of the movie it's just kind of like you know where it's going to be heading um but overall this is this is a really fun film i i've heard a lot of people describe it as as the most comic book movie a, a movie's ever been you know when i'm watching the movie i can almost see the the panels being drawn and the word bubbles being placed you know when kind of a, a fight scene ends or like a, a scene or an arc ends i can kind of see that last page in a comic book being made and then when they go into the next act i can see the next ne- next issue being drawn so it really does feel like a comic book you know which you know it's what it's what you're looking for when you're coming to these movies but you know i was kind of looking for a little bit more i i wanted a little bit more of of a movie going experience uh right off the bat when we get into this movie uh, is easily my favorite my favorite scene in the whole movie is at the very beginning when they're when they're riding in on that hydra facility that that opening tracking shot oh man there and it's firing on all cylinders and it really really made me uh, remember the final fight in the first Avengers movie when they're when they're all finally working on all cylinders and they're fighting all the all the uh, Chitari coming through the portal and they're all teaming up in different original ways and we get that right off the bat in this movie and that was so awesome I was grinning from ear to ear and I'm sure if anyone was looking at me they would think I was literally like a kid in a candy store who just was addicted to sugar I mean oh man my smile was so big and it being said that was my favorite part of the movie technically everything was kind of downhill from there not saying that going it it went too far downhill it's not like we dropped into a valley or a ravine but i think that the beginning action scene was my favorite and it was just really really great we had we got right into the quippy uh uh isms as some people have been calling them you know uh you get that that nice whedon humor interjected in there at the heroes and i think honestly when people go to avengers movie and I'd say less or so any Marvel movie, they're looking for some of that humor, you know, and I think we definitely got the humor in this movie. Um, but, you know, I think I, I don't I definitely don't want to hate on this movie. This is not a bad movie in any respect. But I think the only way I can kind of talk about this movie and how I felt about it is to maybe bring up some of the things I didn't like so much, which is going to which is going to sound maybe, you know, a little pessimistic, but th- there are some parts in the movie that I kind of wish they um, you know, they kind of maybe could have had another pass over or maybe thought of another way to do it. And I think the movie could have shined just as good or even better than 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 the original Avengers movie, but I think this is definitely a solid addition. Uh, to the franchise. Um, I had a great time. I mean, like I said, I went and saw the movie twice. I, I wouldn't go see a movie twice if I didn't like it. So I, I think this was a cool addition. Um, you know, I, I think we'll, uh, we'll talk about the things that I didn't like a little bit later. But, you know, I, I want to hear what you thought about the movie, and then we can kind of dive into the nitty-gritty and get incremental with what happened in the movie. So, uh, as you know, I, I wrote my review after my first showing um, 
on uh, Thursday night. So mm-hmm. my review was fresh Friday morning. It was up there. And after one viewing, I was like, this is okay. Yeah, this is good. I, I don't know how I feel yet. I had to let it sink in. Mm-hmm. I watched it a second time Friday night, even though my seats weren't the best seats in the house, mm-hmm. like I talked about. Uh, I actually enjoyed it more the second time, mm-hmm. like you, much like you said you did. Mm-hmm. Because the first viewing is so dense. To use a word that you use, it is a dense film. It is throwing everything at you. Nothing is wasted. Yeah, it's on kind screen. of yeah, it's kind of weird walking out of a movie, uh, you know, with with your friends, um, and you just kind of walk out, and no one's really saying anything because you're just kind of like trying to process what just happened on that first showing. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I I think I was a little harsher on it the first time because my film inner film critic came out in me. You know, my my background is in in filmmaking. Uh, but I, I, I would be much nicer on it now. I actually hold it higher than the first Avengers film, um, kind of a little opposite of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I thought the final point of the film was better than the first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, I mean, that's not to say that you're wrong, but I just, to me, uh, Ultron, and this is something I, I heard Ultron, like we all know Loki is the best villain in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone is like, like, oh, Ultron. No one can. Ultron can't beat Loki. Walking out of the theater, people were like, Ultron is actually giving Loki a run for his money. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think that that's a sign of a good movie where we get a good villain, you know, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the last we're gonna see Ultron. Uh, to be frank, but I, he was a great villain. Uh, the movie moves really quickly. There are some parts in there, and we're gonna talk about this. I think again, like you're right. It's easier to point out the 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 bad things and the good things at this point because it has so much right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like the opening tracking shot, the first spoken word of the movie is shit. Yeah, like, language, please. That, <laughs> I I mentally noted that like this is the first said word of the whole film. Like there's jabber stuff in the background, like but that's about it. Um, so it it was very very entertaining there. Um, again, this feeds right off of Agents of Shield, which I thought was much cooler than the first movie, mm-hmm. like uh, or the like uh, not first movie Winter Soldier tie-in. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, the team is really cohesive at the beginning. They get torn down. They have to come back and defeat Ultron. Um, but like you said, there are some points that just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And as many times as I've seen it, I still can't draw the lines. And I feel like there's there's an hour left on the cutting room floor somewhere, and uh-huh. I think that would have helped explain things. But with a two-and-a-half-hour movie, how do you put those in there? Yeah, and, and I think that's one thing that is a little unfortunate is, like, we're, we're obviously two huge fans of the original Avengers film. And obviously, you know, we're kind of – we have very high expectations for the film. So when, se- when things come along in the film that – probably some other viewers can easily kind of just push off to the side. You know, it just kind of nags in the back of our head a little bit more than most. Yeah, and it's definitely something we can converse about. I think most people wouldn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. And things that we're paying attention to, like, you know, because we converse about this weekly, we think about it a little harder. Mm-hmm. And probably dig too deep into things that we shouldn't be digging into. Uh-huh. Uh, but the biggest seller for me is, again... Uh, is you talked about this looks like a comic book film mm-hmm. and you wanted something a little more. Well, to me, this actually looked more like a movie than the last one, which looked more like a comic book. Oh yeah. Because of, again, the bright sets, the bright colors, everything's well lit. This was a little moodier. It, it was a little darker in tone and visuals. And from that, I, I, I enjoyed it. 
I love I I love the movie. It's not my favorite Marvel movie, Captain America, uh, Iron Man, and Guardians sit above it, but it's still above the first Avengers to me. Okay, and, well, and that that's to touch on it briefly. But you know, we're gonna go into things we dislike. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead. All right. Well, I I think we can kind of just break this up into into the three different acts, and we can kind of just dive in here. You know, we'll kind of point out the things that we enjoyed and the things that we didn't enjoy, and let and we can see if we can kind of arrive at something here. You know, I think uh, one thing that I've heard from several people is this movie is very dense. It has a lot going on in the movie. Yes, it does. And you know, I think saying to that is this was this was Whedon's last addition to uh, the Avengers, and you know, quite possibly the Marvel Universe. He has he obviously has not been attached to any other movies and I don't know if it, there's been an official record that he won't be doing any other Marvel movies at all you know the future is very long and he's has a long career in front of him so we can't I don't think we can say permanently that he'll never do another Marvel movie but I, I almost think that the amount that had to be crammed with this film might be the reason why Whedon has stepped down from doing the Infinity Wars um, I don't necessarily know if he did step down or if you know if there was like a mutual decision made there at the studio but you can I can kind of feel that you know maybe Whedon this was a little bit too much for him to tackle you know we have a lot of characters in this film and you know in the first act we finally we finally get to see uh, the twins we get to see Quicksilver and um, and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, and I think I think they were introduced really great uh, in some of the previous episodes of Superhero Slate. Uh, I stated that I was a little bit worried about their origin coming from Loki's spear. You know, I was kind of hoping you know they might find another way. I couldn't really think of a way that they could do it, but I I think it went really well. You know, the human experimentation angle uh, wasn't wasn't too far fetched, and I, I I I got along pretty well with that, so that wasn't a big deal for me. But um. You know, overall, I think that that first fight scene, like we said, was awesome. I would say it was nearly perfect. I didn't really have any. I didn't really have any issues with that uh, that raid on the Hydra base. You know, I, I thought I thought things were really cool. You know, was there anything like specifically in that opening scene that you want to talk about? Um, in the beginning, I, you know, honestly, not really. Um, we see uh, List, the guy who played List in Agents of Shield. He's actually been pretty prominent in Shield, mm-hmm. and he's there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of humor in that first thing to punctuate the seriousness of what's going on. I mean, yeah, he, Hawkeye gets shot, but at the same time, Iron Man's like good conversation, and some guys like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, and we also have um we have some of those people inside of the Hydra base that with a really bizarre action accent, but he's like, but they're the Avengers, we can't fight them, <laughs> and, yeah. and that got a big laugh in the audience, and then. You know, kind of the the bait and switch where he's telling them all not to surrender, and then he leans over to his uh, first in command or whatever. He's like, "Okay, yeah. so we're going to surrender." <laughs> yeah, and it, it was cool, like um, like uh, to see the scepter and that big Chitari like creature for the first time again. Yeah, like, those throwbacks to the first. Like this is a good sequel to the first Avengers. You don't need the ones in between. Mm-hmm. And this like kind of up like oh we've been chasing the scepter okay great that's awesome and, and that was a great throwback to uh-huh. that yeah and it, it and it kind of showed you a pretty good motivation why all these characters might be sticking around because obviously like thor why are you still on earth you know we get it that you got a girl here on earth but you know some crazy stuff is going on in asgard we're pretty sure that your brother is trying to take over the whole kingdom maybe you should go back and take a visit but he's obviously on a mission they're they're basically trying to do some cleanup from the the battle you know that happened in New York, so it, it, I like I like the motivation there of, of why all these heroes were still together. Yeah, and and uh, 
it, it didn't it, honestly you didn't need to go in with anything else they didn't need to explain it they just yeah. jumped in and that was it and that was great uh other than that i don't think there was anything that stuck out in that first section yeah well we got a opening. pretty we got a pretty specific new um kind of plot point that runs through the film was with we kind of got a look at black widow and uh hulk you know bruce banner and um and uh, uh natasha, natasha yeah. yeah so you know we got we got introduced to this concept of the lullaby which I, I don't know how that works. That's actually a, a good question. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I, there's not much explanation, but I think we can just kind of assume that since Banner is and the Hulk are such assets to the Avengers, they kind of had to find a way to control them. And it, and it seemed to be an explanation that they kind of find a way to kind of do this kind of like tantric, uh, kind of like mind-soothing like thing with touching of the hands and stuff. And I don't know if it's necessarily connected to the romantic interest between uh, those two, but I thought that was kind of cool that they finally kind of have a way to like calm down the Hulk, but that also never really seemed to be um, an issue towards the end of the last film. You know, he says, my secret is I'm always angry. So, uh, but we kind of got a, a, an official uh, statement kind of going through this movie that the Hulk is still kind of a loose cannon and we still got to be really careful with him. Yeah, yeah. And then also this up Sokovia as a, as a good, you know, fictitious nation or country. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I and I, oh man, I think we got to talk about that uh that f- kind of that freeze frame shot that was in all the trailers. Did your uh did your audience your movie theater go crazy when that first popped up? Which one? When they're all kind of uh they all jump oh. out of the cars. Oh, not 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 really, honestly. Um my biggest surprise was when it kept going. Mm-hmm. It like it builds up to them all jumping across the screen at the same time, but then it goes for like another minute and I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, Oh, this isn't done. Okay. <laughs> I'm back in the game here. So yeah. Th- yeah. That, that, that first, uh, that first scene there was just like a roller coaster ride. And, um, you know, do, do you think, um, do you think the the Scarlet Witch's visions that she kind of puts in their heads, you know, they seem to, to state that they're almost seeing a possible future. Maybe, you know, you know, I thought it was kind of cool seeing all those characters kind of supposedly dead that Tony was seeing on on the those uh, segments of rocks, those rock stairs. Uh, you know, it kind of alludes to this was a similar structure that we've seen Thanos on. You know, uh, we're gonna see some. Are we gonna see heroes dying in the in Infinity Wars? See, I don't think so. I think the only one that possibly showed the future instead was Thor's. Everyone else seemed to be a hist like backpedaling. Mm-hmm. Because Sony saw the hole with the wormhole and the Chitari coming through towards Earth. Mm-hmm. Like Avengers, Captain America saw his past where he missed a dance. And Scarlet, you know, Black Widow, not Scarlet, Black Widow yeah. saw her history in the Red Room. Yeah, I think it's kind of confusing because like, you want to say Scarlet Witch, but then you want to say Scarlet Johansson, and then it gets yeah, all muddled up. So. It, it does, so <laughs> you, know, you have to forgive us. But we don't know what the Hulk saw either, which was kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. But, but over, uh, overall, I think that that scene was pretty important because it definitely that kind of mental control is the is a through line through the entire film. So that's really important to kind of settle down. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows her relation to the mind gym mm-hmm. is very intimate. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, but next we kind of we we roll back to the Avengers Tower, which is. Which is another scene that got a little bit of an applause from the audience when you kind of finally see that Avengers A on the side of Tony Stark's building. Uh, it, it looks like it's been remodeled a little bit to kind of fit a Quinjet in there. 
Uh, yeah, but, it's, a, it's the same one we saw in Winter Soldier, um, but yeah, we definitely get to see it for the first time up close. Yeah, but yeah, we kind of finally get into, um, it kind of slows down a little bit. We get we get a chance for the characters to talk. Um, you know, this, this part was, uh, we had more of a humor in it. You know, this leads into that uh, party scene where they're trying to uh, pick up the hammer that we all saw in the trailers. And, you know, this is one thing where I think maybe I will try to watch fewer trailers because I don't think that you were going to be able to get away from that perfect hilarious scene because it was in the like one of the first trailers possibly maybe part of it was in the teaser trailer if I remember correctly but I mean that was a gold scene that was hilarious all of them picking up the hammer Captain America wiggling it a little bit and Thor getting really worried oh, that part is just is just too good and I, I really love that you know but but before we got to that we kind of got to get a little uh, background of Ultron, you know. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't expecting to hear his uh, name so soon. Yeah, I mean, they, that was one of the issues I have, is they just name drop Ultron. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, we can build Ultron. What the hell's an Ultron? Yeah, uh, like, I, maybe he shouldn't have had that code name so soon. <laughs> yeah, or at least, you know, had it spelled out somewhere, like, it's an acronym. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like Jarvis, and uh, later we see Friday and Jocasta. They're all acronyms. Mm-hmm. And maybe Ultron was an acronym as well, and we just did not get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a scene that probably was cut from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because that was just happened so soon. I mean, it, that's when I saw it the first time, I'm like, no one is going to get this. Yeah. If you don't know what an Ultron is, like you're not going to get this. Yeah, but but overall, I thought the motivation to create Ultron was pretty solid. You know, I was kind of curious uh, you know, what they were going to do, but it makes sense, you know, Tony was set up in the in the last Iron Man movie that he is pretty worried, you know, about the about what's to come, you know, he's trying to surround himself with all of those uh, Iron Man suits in his last movie. So it makes sense that he's he's worried. He wants to protect the place that he lives, the planet that he lives on. So he, I could see where he might really want to create an artificial intelligence to really, to really help protect everybody. Because you know, like like they've said in um, in the Winter Soldier, you know, uh, you know, sometimes they're out of you're out of their league, you know. In the first Avengers movie, they had to make those Hydra weapons because suddenly there are gods and people from other worlds, and they have to prepare themselves. Yeah, once he got, once it was there, it was kind of okay. I mean, it was good, but like getting to the point of like his creation was like they just dropped the name and like okay, they're doing interfaces and matrices, and I'm like okay, like we get with the tech jargon, just like what's going on here? Like what are you mm. trying to do with it? Yeah. Um, it- Exactly, and and you like you just said tech jargon. This is kind of the the first part of the of the movie where I I kind of start wincing just a little bit because I thought before all the dialogue was going really really well. Th- this movie has a lot of just in general kind of tech jargon going on, and and it's not like any of it was hard to follow. You know, obviously some of it is just kind of like made up. You know, made up words off the top of you know Whedon's head, just trying to come up with ways to explain what's going on. But I think the tech jargon does kind of get a little jumbled. You know. It kind of starts to sound a little goofy, and I thought maybe it could have been a little bit more straightforward. But, you know, that was kind of the, the first part of the movie where things just started to feel a little less polished to me. You know, when they started talking about the artificial intelligences and, like, the assimilation and, and like, you know, just trying to uh, get the perfect uh, version. Let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on against that and say it's felt over-polished. Uh-huh. Um, instead of under-polished, I feel like they had it, they were ready for it, but then the runtime was—they were like, "This is way too long. Mm-hmm. We need to start making cuts." 
So they keep waxing it down, and they waxed out the parts that you and I would would normally want to see, mm-hmm. and, and that's where it disappeared. But I thought it was it was really interesting to see the black screen whenever Ultron was born. Like that was you know, you hardly ever see black screen in these big action movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. And then Jarvis comes along and says, "Little do 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 do," and little yellow cube of interest and you know, kind of goes in there and then he just kind of attacks Jarvis. I mean, again, a couple, like there was some, I guess some jumps there made that I just didn't get. Yeah. That, you know, that's one thing that, um, that kind of bugged me too. Uh, you know, there's a there's a part where Jarvis is kind of left mangled and destroyed. You know, we're not really sure if he's dead because there's part of him still left around. You know, kind of, I guess his cark is left behind and they're just like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Ultron could have assimilated him or something like that. Then later in the movie, they bring up like, no, he was afraid of Jarvis. Everything just seemed, everything just seemed really weird there, you know. I think just the way they handled Jarvis in general was was a little poor. I was never really quite sure what Jarvis was doing. If he was dead and, you know, oh, but his protocols were still intact, so he was trying to keep Ultron from the nuke- nuclear codes. I mean, honestly, they never could have brought up the word nuke at all in the movie, and I never would have thought about it. I never would have been like, oh, well, why isn't Ultron just trying to launch nukes? You know, like, I think they could have left that part out, and I would have been fine. So the way, you know, handling Jarvis was a little weird to me. You know, what did, what did you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, it, it, again, this comes down to tech jargon and things like you know we don't know how jarvis works in their world uh and and we're just kind of left to um suspend our disbelief so to speak for those sections uh-huh. and, and that's just kind of what they they like well we're going to ask the audience to suspend their disbelief for this and we're going to roll with it uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it, it, it again it's those few it's very minuscule moments in the film that pop you out uh, but again, it wasn't overall enough to hurt anything when Jarvis definitely reappears as the Vision. Yeah, so so nothing here quite yet is is making me like worried about this film. But in this scene, in this uh, kind of part of the movie, we I personally finally get my first surprise. You know, we we get to see uh we get to see Falcon and War Machine in in the party scene, and I I was I was pleasantly surprised because we knew a lot about this movie already. Not exactly. 100% what was going to go on point to point, but we kind of knew everyone that was going to be in the film. And I was really excited to kind of see these characters pop back up. You know, we got some funny uh, war stories from War Machine. And, you know, we got some uh, uh, funny stuff from Falcon and Captain America. So it was cool seeing uh, seeing these characters come back in, not in, in, in large roles. I mean, we do see War Machine later, but the Falcon doesn't pop back up until at the very end of the film. So I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised to get a surprise in the movie. And, you know, that's something that I, I think overall I wanted more of. And I think that kind of uh, talks to the point of there's, you know, too much planned out ahead of time. It would have been nice maybe if we didn't know Phase three schedule so detailed. Uh, but, yeah, I was happy to see those guys. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a couple points about this scene. Uh, I actually have notes on these. Um, whenever uh, the Falcon's talking about the missing persons report. Uh-huh. He's obviously referring to the Winter Soldier search. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people are like, oh, that's an Easter egg. I'm like, not really. Like, that's pretty obvious. But mm. I put that under our Easter egg notes just to have some fun with that. Mm-hmm. And Stan Lee was here. This is where we got to see Stan Lee. Um, yeah. He said he was in there twice, but it's the same person, just twice 
in a row at different times of day. Yeah, I was definitely looking out for the second Stan Lee, and I was like, we didn't get another Stan Lee. Maybe Stan's just getting a little old, doesn't quite remember what he's been in. Or maybe they did uh, do a second Stan Lee scene, and it just didn't make the final cut of the movie. No, I I think they filmed two scenes, one day, one night, Uh uh, and that's really why he's like, oh, I mean, there are two scenes, right? Because he's normally in there only one, like, five seconds, and then he's cut. Uh Um, So, but yeah, he was in there as a war veteran who got to drink some of that thousand-year-old liquor from Thor, Uh and then we heard his drunken Excelsior as he was dragged away. Oh, that was awesome. I love that little uh, fan service there. Yeah. Um, So, it it was definitely this part, up through the the hammer-lifting scene, and then... Really, the 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 scene right after that, the post Ultron crashing the party scene, was kind of a a tense one, um, mm-hmm. and and that really you know built the tension with the team there, which carried on to the next section. Yeah, I mean, we finally got our first uh, kind of monologue from Ultron, you know, not being cut up from the trailers, and man, it was great. I mean, that is one of the shining things in this movie that really stands out is James Spader played an amazing Ultron. I couldn't imagine anyone else in that role. Yeah, it would be very hard to imagine anyone other than James Spader doing those Ultron lines. Mm-hmm. Especially in in the manner he did them and where he goes from, you know, from, you know, dark scary person to like almost childlike anger mm-hmm. and like quick back and forth. Like the mood changed almost instantaneously. He played it so well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you there entirely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once uh, once we kind of get through uh, that that fight scene, which was which was pretty cool to kind of see the heroes kind of have to uh, uh, tackle this surprise attack. You know, Ultron steals the steals the spear, and we kind of jump into our uh, Wakandia uh, next segment. Yeah, the it was actually South Africa on a salvage yard. Um, but this is where we meet Ulysses Claw, a character in the comic books who deals in vibranium, mm-hmm. and. Um, Honestly, he was played really awesomely by Andy Serkis. Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, I would say it was a pretty standout performance for just a, a character that wasn't in it very much. And, uh, you know, I, w- I want to see him come back in another movie or maybe possibly Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, he was he was really great. Yeah, um, that was this would probably be one of the, the another bigger surprises for me was his his character. We knew he was in it. I didn't know what role he had to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he had the vibranium and he gave it to Ultron and he got his arm chopped off. Yeah. Which was Ultron. I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure that's OK. Like he was really that was one of the, like the moments where he turned and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, but I, I think that's one point that I want to talk about real quick. You know, I, you know, I think one note I kind of have put down here is, you know, every everybody likes the weed nidum, we the weed and isms. You know, everyone likes uh, his brand of humor and the way it meshes with uh, the Marvel universe. But I felt that at some points in the movie, it, it possibly could have been overreach. You know, I I thought you know uh, Claw losing his hand was pretty brutal. You know, this is kind of the first time you got to see Ultron do something so vicious where he you know basically hurt somebody instead of just like fired laser beams at them uh back in that penthouse scene so uh i know i i thought i thought it was funny his reaction was funny but i kind of think i would have enjoyed that a little bit more if it was more serious because once he does kind of make uh before he makes that little bit of a joke he does go off the handle he you know he he doesn't want to be associated with tony he he's his own he's his own man he's his own man robot and he takes that really seriously you know so some people could say you know oh that's just ultron kind of being psychotic and jumping around between his 
personality. But I thought maybe some points of the film could have been left a little bit more serious to me. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the disagreement there. I didn't feel that one was a Whedonism because I'm mm-hmm. so familiar with Ultron. Like he is a spurned son. Uh, no matter which version you look, either the Hank Pym or this version, mm-hmm. like you know, like the, his creator doesn't want him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like he's he's so he's like a child like his he's not fully grown. This is the first thing he does after leaving the Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I, I feel that's his childish like not knowing like what's going on. Like he got overcome by that emotion he's not used to yet, and that was it. Like later when he says like oh if I could throw up in my mouth, that yeah. was a weedism. But I feel that one kind of fit his like he doesn't know how to control emotions yet because he's so new. Mm-hmm. A little bit there, but cutting off Ulysses Claw hands leaves it open for the character named Claw, yeah, to come into the Marvel universe, who actually replaces his hand with this thing that shoots like sonic waves. Yeah, and, it, and he will show. I guarantee you, he'll show up in Black Panther. Yeah, he's definitely going to show up with something, but I, I imagine he's going to maybe have like interchangeable arms or something like that. But yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to Andy Serkins coming back into the Marvel Universe because I thought he was great. Yeah, especially when he's afraid of the cuttlefish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was funny because that, that cuttlefish scene was the scene in the my first showing that I had to go to the bathroom because I just could not hold it in anymore. And I knew this movie was two and a half hours long, so I was like, I got to pick a point to go to the bathroom. You went with so, the large size drink, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think the problem was I just I drank just too much liquid overall during the day. I should have known. I should have rationed my liquids knowing that I was going to a, a Marvel movie. But uh, I, did, I caught that scene uh, the next time around, and, and that was really, really funny. But um, I think, you know, next, I think the next biggest thing to talk about in this, in this scene in general, you know, cause we get a little bit more twin action, you know, you know, we get a little bit, we get another fight scene that kind of spurs, not, not much going on uh, fighting wise because the Scarlet Witch steps in and this is kind of where we get our, our main kind of, uh, I don't want to say problem, but we, we get a major uh, a reason of, of some motivations of the characters later in the movie is what the Scarlet Witch ends up showing them. And um, it, it, we didn't really know exactly what we were going to expect. You know, you kind of summed it up at the beginning. But, you know, we, we got Thor who had a, a, it looked like a future vision of Asgard. And we had Captain America, like you said, who had the, the vision of that kind of sock hop dance, you know, uh, that he could have had with Haley Atwell. Um, and then we had, uh, what was, yeah, we had a black widow who had yeah. her view of what was it? The red room. Yeah. It's called the is red that, room. Is that what it's called? And then, uh, my, my favorite part of that whole scene was where, uh, Hawkeye didn't get it because he, he, he'd done the whole mind thing, mind control thing before and then stuck the arrow right, right in her head. That was, that was really good. I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, he definitely, that was, um, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, Hawkeye, watch out. You're not going to be able to fight these guys. And he's just like, bam, right with that arrow to her forehead. And uh, that was that was really cool. And, yeah, and, and also when Quicksilver tried to pick up the hammer. Oh, um, yeah. That, that was that was a good, like, throwback to that party scene. He's like, oh, I got the hammer. And then he's like, uh-huh. no. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the Thor scene. You've actually texted me about the Thor scene. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a theory here with the Thor scene. It, it's kind of it's a it's it's a not I don't, I don't want to say far fetched, but I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, evidence to back it up. But during that scene, and I made sure to display the to pay special attention the second time around. So the that whole scene, the whole vibe you get from it is death. You know, uh, Idris Elba. Uh, what, what's his character in the movie again? Heimdall. What's, 
Yeah, Heimdall. He he's specifically kind of talking about death and dying, and you know that's very much the vibe that's going through the film. And we kind of get this this one little offhand shot of this of this black hooded character just for a couple seconds that's walking you know in in the center of the frame and uh it's kind of intercut with some other um shots of some people like with white eyes drinking like booze and grog and stuff like that but i think maybe that could possibly be alluding to lady death which is um which is a a thor character you know uh, they seem to have a different rules for the afterlife in asgard it seems to be like you could if you die you can you you could possibly make a deal kind of with the devil or with death in some time in asgard i mean just to 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 throw this out here in asgard you go to hell h-e-l and it's ruled by hella h-e-l-a who's technically in the 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 norse mythology the daughter of loki Mm -hmm. so uh if anything i don't know if we'd see death maybe hella or, or death either way yeah you know well it is a cinematic universe so who knows maybe they could combine the two somehow but you know if if you have read the infinity gauntlet the book or if you know anything about it you know a lot of thanos's motivation as a character is his passion for the character death the embodiment of death he's in love with death so maybe this is kind of a way to bring death into the marvel universe you know if death is going to be the inf- in the infinity in the infinity wars you know maybe she'll be introduced and uh ragnarok the next thor movie so we'll see it's just just a standing theory you know we'll see if it pays off but you know i wanted i wanted to let everyone know yeah and that's definitely a good thing i I paid attention for that the second and third times i watched it um but Mm -hmm. i actually i came up with another idea Uh um scenes were filmed with loki and with with you know uh the tom hiddleston as loki but Mm -hmm. they weren't put into the film Mm. and i feel that could have been loki like sneaking up like you know the god of mischief uh-huh. Like, like a snake or something, uh, and I and it's not to, to you know discredit your theory. I mean, it could be either one at this point since uh-huh. neither was shown. Either one is an option, uh-huh. uh, but I feel like that would have been where Loki would have shown up in the film, if anywhere. Uh-huh. Do you, I mean? Do you agree? Like, if they film Loki scenes, I don't know where else they would have put them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's curious to, to to figure out if maybe they even wanted to put him in the film at all. Because, you know, like you said, the biggest Marvel problem right now is their lack of good villains. And everyone thinks Loki's the best villain, but, you know, is it a crutch if you keep popping him up in every movie? You know, who, who knows? Uh, but... Uh, overall these kind of like vision i've been calling them visions i haven't been calling them like flashbacks because it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what they are how much truth is there to them at all but i think as they're shown in this light i think i think they make sense and they're fine but later on when they pop up again is when i start having problems with them and we'll talk about that when we get to them but i think now we can kind of jump into probably one of the best fight scenes in the movie which was the hulkbuster fight scene you mean veronica yeah they never but, once said hulkbuster in the yeah, whole movie. But we we all know it's the hulkbuster. we know what it is i mean this was labeled on the packaging that i have <laughs> mm-hmm. out for my pot vinyls um so in this scene i actually found out tidbit the scarlet witch possessed hulk was supposed to be gray for the oh, for this whole section oh that's cool uh but they ended up changing it pretty late to back to green um i'm not sure why they just all all, they had merchandise with gray hulk i have a gray hulk pop vinyl uh that was made early on so you know no it's funny because there's a there's a dialogue line later in the movie when they're trying to uh decide what they want to do with vision's coffin or whatever his cradle and uh bruce banner looks over at the scarlet witch he's just like you know i'll 
He says something like, I'll crush you or I'll stop you without even changing a shade. And obviously that alludes to him turning green, but that would have been also kind of made a a little bit more um, of a play on if he actually turned gray when his mind was controlled. So I don't know. I kind of think maybe they thought of, maybe they should have made him green. I mean, made him gray. Yeah, it definitely uh, would have been interesting because we all know like the savage, like uncontrollable Hulk is definitely a gray version in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, uh, there was a really, really, I, I, we saw some of this in the you know the trailers, um, but there was still a lot of this left in this fight that I didn't expect or get to see, and uh, it's entertaining to see like whenever he's punching him, uh, mm-hmm. I was yeah. punching him. He's like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Yeah, I, that was good. That's one of the things I keep referring back to cause it's so entertaining. Um, and Veronica was such an interesting idea as well, giving him different parts and pieces to fight the Hulk as he fought the Hulk. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, didn't know if you knew this, but Veronica is a reference to Archie. Um, okay. <laughs> because Bruce Banner, his love interest as Bruce Banner is Betty Ross. And then, and Archie, there's Archie it loves Betty, and Archie loves uh, Veronica. Okay. <laughs> so Veronica is the foil to the Betty, so like that's when it's Hulk, it's Veronica. Uh, okay. <laughs> so a uh, little bit of new uh, tidbit, fun tidbits for you there. Uh, uh-huh. So that was kind of kind of fun. I yeah. I enjoyed that. Well, I mean, overall, as the as the scene in general is, I think the trailer kind of stole some of the thunder of this scene. You know. Um, I think uh, the idea of, of the Hulkbuster being in the movie was a good idea. There's, they definitely should have kept it in there, and I don't think they needed to keep it out of the trailer, but I felt like I just knew exactly when it was going to happen. You know, the, this film has a lot of uh, visual landscapes that are very unique, so we knew that the Hulkbuster scene was going to happen in like in the arid desert. There's going to be lots of brown and dirt and sand and stuff like that. So once we... Once we established the scene that we we're going to with this shipping yard and stuff like that. I was like, okay, well this is when the Hawkbuster scene is going to happen. When's it going to happen? So there wasn't a whole lot of surprise left in that for me, but overall I liked the scene. Um, I, I heard some people in the theater, uh, didn't quite catch one of the lines where he kind of uh he kind of uh takes his armor and he uses it as like a handcuff to grab the hulk to take him out of the city and then they they start careening towards this building and he's just like uh tony says really quickly uh how quickly can we buy this building yeah and, and that was really funny and i knew a couple people that were sitting next to me leaned over to the people next to him like oh what did he say which is a shame because that was a really funny line but i thought that was great just like slamming him right through that uh, building that was that was really good. Again, this is one of those instances where I don't think it's directly poking fun at Man of Steel, but you know, every Marvel character helps civilians before they fight the bad guy. Uh-huh. And this was a, a situation where Iron Man's tearing up a city, and what's he do? Checks the building for people before he throws the Hulk through it. <laughs> yeah. So, so overall, that that scene was really really cool. But you know, I kind of wish they left some of it out of of. You know, uh, see, of the trailer I'm, I'm actually gonna I, again i'm gonna go on the other side of that like it still surprised me the the, the commentary from iron man was funny uh-huh. uh the fact that they did call they mentioned veronica early on when they were mm-hmm. first building ultron and like that comes back later mm-hmm. uh it just we knew they were gonna fight but i didn't think the fight was gonna be that good mm-hmm. uh and uh the end scene where he just punches him off the frame was a reference to the iron man or not iron man avengers one where yeah he does thor. it to thor yeah yeah so that, that was, was pretty awesome. cool 
Yeah, but, you know, o overall, I thought that was a pretty good way to kind of wrap up that scene. But, you know, this is this is kind of where we get into the point of the movie where I think we find most of the problems with it. You know, I really try to stray away from reviews. I try not to look at Rotten Tomato. You know, I try not to look at, like, Metacritic scores and stuff like that until after I've seen the film. So I try to make it not... Uh, uh, steer the way I judge a movie but you know on Rotten Tomato as of right now uh, Ultron has a 75% and honestly I think it I think it earned the 75% I don't I don't think it's being critically panned you know I don't think it's above or under that 75% and I think a lot of that comes from the next scene which is where they go to the farm which is where a lot of the problems I have in the movie kind of come to a head. So I'll, I'll just kind of like, you know, bring out these points of the movie and then we can kind of just talk about them because I think we're going to get a lot of discussion out of this. So um, we, we, go to the, we go to the farm and this is where we find out that, that Hawkeye has a wife. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting, the funny banter that came along with that, where Tony was just like, okay, I'm sure this is, I'm sure this is an agent. Then the two kids run in and there's like, and those are tiny agents. You know, I, I thought that was, you know, that was funny, but you know, it didn't really make much sense that Hawkeye would have a wife. I don't know if Hawkeye ever has a secret wife with kids in the comic books at all. You know, I haven't kept track of his character that much, uh, but I think it would have made more sense if it was maybe his sister and his like and his niece and nephew. That would have made a little bit more sense to me. You know, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that Hawkeye would be able to support a healthy uh, relationship with a wife and kids in in the kind of role that he's in, where he's basically like a, a super spy type deal and obviously some people will probably come back and say what well, what do you mean that doesn't make sense there's a talking robot in this movie that kills people but it's just like this the motivation just doesn't make any sense so i thought it would have been better if this would have been hawkeye's like sister or something like that because i don't think this story again needed another like love story you know and that that goes into the next point that i don't really care about the love story between um between Black Widow and Hulk, you know, I I I really couldn't care. Uh, you know, they try to make them similar uh, by saying they're both kind of damaged people, but this kind of brings into the most cringe-worthy part in, into the movie. Which is the only part of the movie where I really cringed is when um, uh, you know Natasha is talking about how you know back in the Red Room they sterilized her. And that just kind of really took me out of the movie. I was like, this this is a fun summer comic book movie, and you just brought up woman sterilization. And, and I, I, you know what did you know what did you think specifically about that scene? Because that just really threw me off. It just got into this really weird place of the film, and I just didn't really know how to respond to that. Are, are, you, are you asking my opinion on the Hulk and and Scarlet? Or black Black Widow thing, I did it again. Or the whole farm thing in general. <laughs> no, uh, specifically of that of that love story, and then we can kind of talk about the rest of the stuff that's happening on the yeah, farm. Yeah, they they didn't really need to ship that love story uh, again. Um, it, it, it may have been it was it was too on the nose at that point. Uh -huh. I think the subtlety was out the window, mm -hmm. and that was too on the nose. Uh, if they would have taken that out and left everything else, it would have been fine. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really one of those things where it's just like, it, I don't think it really contributed anything to the film. You know, I, I don't think that it gave weight to the characters. I don't think it necessarily changed how they would have made decisions. Uh, it just felt really, you know, just really out there, you know. Um, and then this is kind of where those visions kind of come to the head that was put into their head 
in, into their minds. You know, uh, Captain America deals with it pretty well, so there's not too many ramifications there with him. But for some reason, this really disturbs Thor, and he kind of just pieces the fuck out. You know, he just takes his hammer, and he's like, I gotta go figure this out. I gotta look more back into my vision of what happened. But no one else really seemed to care. It seemed to really bother Thor, so he thought he'd go find Dr. Selvig off the farm, but it still kind of encompasses this kind of second act of the movie. And, uh, you know, before we jump into uh, what Thor does, you know, what did you what do you think overall about like kind of Hawkeye in this movie? You know, specifically with him having a family and just overall his his role in the film from beginning to end. Uh, much better. I actually do know he has a family in the Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. um, and they are essentially um, he is betrayed by the Black Widow in the Ultimate Universe, and they are killed like okay. in front of him, and then they take him hostage, and like that changes like the character dramatically in the ultimate universe uh-huh. um so in this like if you know that and like they've been setting up hawkeye as like you know the weak point like he's shot in the first battle uh-huh. uh you know he uh doesn't have many powers they talk about this many powers he has a lot more to lose than anybody else there uh-huh. and he doesn't have the like sh- like his wife said he's not a god like like they are he uh-huh. can't just like you know take a hit and bounce back like he's got to get that skin graft and all the other stuff. I think they really humanize Hawkeye more than anyone else in this film, simply because in the first one they didn't hardly do anything with him at all. Yeah, and, and you know I, they set him up to look like he dies at the end the whole time. Yeah, they're they're definitely alluding to that through the whole film. But overall, I'm gonna say I didn't have a problem with Hawkeye being more human. I liked the point where they brought up you know where Hawkeye is just a guy, and I I liked where she said you know it doesn't it doesn't worry me. It, it worries me that they that they might need you, you know, that just kind of shows how big of a threat that Ultron is overall. But, you know, I just I just really didn't like the idea of him having a, like a secret family on a farm somewhere. It just seemed kind of weird. Like I, I never imagined like secret agents, you know, who are like fighting crime, have like this this satellite family that's just kind of in obscurity you know if you know if that was my wife she would probably be pissed that i'm always gone risking my life every other day you know she's just like i really support your avenging and everything and it's just like no i think there's a lot more fights that happen in that household of him risking his life See, i'm, I'm gonna go on the other way because he hasn't been seen in three years in the marvel universe he hasn't been in any other movies um he probably only goes out on these like small excursions when they find the scepter Mm-hmm. So my guess is he's really probably been on that farm ninety percent of the time with yeah. his family, and he's only called upon when they like need him, and like she's totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I think you know it, it's just pretty jarring because it, it is a surprise. It's set up to be a surprise that he has a family, you know, and that's one part of the film that you know I just didn't really like. But I, you know, I can get over it. It's not a it's not a big deal. But you know, that's almost everything in this film. I can get over I, a lot of stuff in this I, film, so it's not a deal breaker. I think I mean it probably doesn't help if you go in with those preconceived notions of Hawkeye. Um, from like you said, you from the country. I don't remember him. Like you said, you don't remember him having family. Mm-hmm. But like it like again I, the. Ultimate Universe, which I have read every one of, he does have that family and kids. So I guess it depends on if you go in with those preconceived notions or not. Yeah, but you know, every time that we've seen him in the Marvel Universe, he he's a very kind of like secretive, straightforward dude. You know, the first time we get to see him is in Thor, where he's like very mysterious, shrouded in darkness, and he's very much there supporting Shield. And he, you know, he's basically just like a high level 
agent that has like super cool skills of a bow and arrow and stuff like that you know and then and then later we kind of see him in the same fashion at the very beginning of the avengers where he's like he's up in his little nest you know protecting the scientists around the tesseract and stuff so i always imagine him just kind of being like not necessarily a dog uh for uh, that's you know at the beck and call of Fury, but you know I imagine him being being very ingrained in 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 Shield's uh, going ons. You know you get to see in in Agents of Shield the TV show that you can't really hold down a relationship with normal people, just like Coulson couldn't with that uh what was it the cellist from Colorado or Denver or something like that. Right. So you know I just kind of expected everyone in in, in this film who's like an agent, you know, just is very secluded, you know, but. Uh, you know, overall, it, it does give weight to the character, though. You know, you do feel worried towards that final battle, whether he's gonna, whether he's gonna survive. You know, so so I can get over it. But I, I think the part that this kind of segues into a little bit more, which was really bizarre, and I kind of talked to uh, some other people about this, that it felt very out of place. Was Thor going to that cave? The, can you the, the waters of vision? I I agree with you. Um, there's something there that they cut out that yeah. they needed to know. Yeah, I was almost going to ask you, did those waters of vision in that cave, I almost thought it had, it, it, I thought it had to tie in to the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that I didn't get to watch that you told me tied into Age of Ultron. I was just like... No, it does not. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, they had to have brought in Dr. Selvig for that episode and somehow explain these waters because it just made no sense. Like, I was almost dead set on like, oh, Thor's going to go back to Asgard and he's going to like talk with some like some super smart old person that just knows a lot about the history of the universe or something like that to figure it out. No, he just goes to some very strange waters to get some answers from these water spirits that's not explained. And then he just kind of thrashes around in the water with lightning going around. It was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you notice, Selvig walks in with a box in his hands uh-huh. um, and we don't know what's in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they've gone on some, mystery journey history lesson here to get this and we even saw the lady getting naked in the waters in the trailer yeah that was Uh, that was clipped out yeah so there's some scene here a full scene filmed with selvig and thor that was just ripped out of the film and then we kind of get this jarring version and they did the same thing in the first avengers though whenever he got thrown off the helicarrier and it takes him like forever to get his armor and there was a scene where he talks to odin about you know responsibility and stuff like that and they cut that out of this that that movie mm-hmm. so we can see you know thor is the first person to get cut <laughs> from <laughs> well, any well, movie for yeah. for runtime in the second half yeah well either way i think that that is one of the bigger problems of the movie because whether it could have been explained better with some other scenes it just really kind of just makes the middle part of this movie very jarring because just overall you know i'm not i'm not expecting to necessarily go on a 24 7 every second roller coaster ride when i go see a marvel movie i get it that they they need downtime to to explain things and 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 get things right but overall i think that farm scene is just the weakest part of the movie it really it really brings the pace of this movie down to a halt you know the only kind of cool parts we get is when it's intercut with ultron like going to um south korea to uh you know start building the vision in that cradle but i just wasn't a big fan of the farm scene well i think i mean your mistake here is including the water scene with the farm scene that's actually during the cradle scene uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of lumping it all together just because that is the moment when Thor decides to leave. So I'm just kind of connecting that all together. But I, I just felt like everything that kind of runs through and is connected to the farm scene, you know, Hawkeye having 
having a wife and kids, you know, and then you have the weird love story with sterilization that's brought up just very abruptly, very out of place, you know, and then, you know, Thor piecing out, you know, it was all kind of weird, you know, and we got, we got to see Nick Fury pop up. So that was cool. You know, you kind of got to expect Nick Fury to come somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 when I, I talk about, I mean, I have to include the, the, the Korea scene because, you know, a lot of the things picked up here are resolved in that Korea section, mm-hmm. uh, like the Oslo or, Oslo, whatever, where Tony Stark goes to find uh, the Jarvis bits mm-hmm. for the nuclear codes. That that scene's kind of cut short as well. Yeah. So yeah. So should we just kind of jump into this whole yeah, like we, South Korea thing? Yeah, because of the things like some of the things you're bringing up there are finished there, and, and we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta jump into that to talk about those because like you know Tony Stark goes to find what's stopping Ultron from getting the nuclear codes. Yeah. And would... I come to find out is Jarvis, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like glossed over in like maybe five seconds ten seconds of the movie <laughs> yeah exactly he's just like i'm breaking into your stuff he says something like that yeah and um but the captain america hawkeye and black widow taking on ultron to get this vision body was pretty awesome yeah that that, that scene was really cool it's, it's kind of like a pseudo high pseudo chase scene you know that was kind of cool we kind of finally get to see how vision's going to come to life i was really curious how vision was going to be gonna be brought up here but he's basically introduced saying like okay we're gonna use this cradle right here that builds tissue that's all it builds is tissue so hypothetically before ultron ever showed up or the mind gem showed up you know we're we could basically make a, a tissue of a human but it couldn't really do anything well, you know, well no it, she says you can't build a whole body you can only repair tissue oh. but but the vibranium yeah the vibranium them build the whole body yeah, which is which was just kind of weird. Is is Vision made of vi- vibranium or adamantium in the in the comic books? Yes. Okay, because it just did seem kind of weird because we don't know a whole lot about vibranium. We know it can make a shield. We know it's very scarce and it's just really strong. You know, it was kind of weird that like, oh, vibranium alloy can can bind with human flesh. You know, well, I, it, it can it can make tissue like of vibranium and and Ultron I think said it best like. It's hard to believe until he says like he's like it's the most versatile element in the world, and uh, they made a frisbee out of it. Yeah, that that part was pretty funny. So, but overall, I this is this is kind of one of those things where I can gloss over it. I can easily just go like it's a comic book movie. I get it. I'm not going to dive too deep into uh, the the physical properties of vibranium because it's an it's an imaginary element. So that that didn't bother me too much. But it was kind of cool to kind of see how the vision is being composed and how important the mind gem overall was. You know, if 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 the mind gem didn't exist, vision wouldn't exist. They're well, I, one and the same. I think I think that one of the another surprises I got me here was you know i've always said loki scepter was the mind gym i've said this for years mm-hmm. and but the colors weren't making sense mm-hmm. and then they popped the mind gym out of this blue shell and now it's a yellow gym which also doesn't make any sense uh-huh. but whatever they can do whatever colors i see fit but they confirm it's the mind gym yes and they pop it right in the vision's head and i'm like they did it right like that yeah. was that was that was it that's all we needed to know whedon is can continuing his run like he started with the scepter and he's finishing with the scepter and like that was awesome 
Yeah, and I, and I think overall this is going to be really good later in, in the franchise because, you know, these gems are so important to this whole, all of these phases of the movie. So why not take one of these gems and make it a character? You know, that's it was really important for them to bring Vision in. So, you know, this is basically the scene where we start to see him put together and Ultron's master plan is he's going to upload his consciousness into this new body because throughout the film you see him upgrading his body, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, the, you know, you, it, that's one thing I, I have a, a beef with is like he got his first body when he sh- showed up with the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh huh. Like, how did he get that body? That body was never on the table. Like, where did that one come from? Well, if 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 you take if you take a look when because he uploads himself to the internet and he jumps all the way back over to Sokovia or whatever. Uh-huh. If if you get if you kind of start looking at that dimly lit. Uh, robot factory that starts sparks start flying you can kind of see his chest piece in in the in the in the background a little bit okay see i didn't i didn't see because i was looking at the face i'm like that's a drone face that's not yeah. the actual final face so i thought like those were his drone bodies everywhere yeah but you can see his chest piece in there so it, it it makes sense that like those pieces were out there and it was i i guess it's it was hydra's idea originally to make Ultron or, or you know, they were making AI. They were just making robots. Yeah. So they just had robot components laying around and Ultron uploaded himself to the net and just like, I'm just going to take these. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and, and he definitely, he's going to upload the vision's body and then they go on this chase scene to get the vision out of there. And then that's when, you know, Captain America recruits finally recruits the witch and Quicksilver mm-hmm. to their side. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, really I, have much else on that part. Like, yeah, that, that part was pretty yeah. solid. I th- I think the biggest thing to take away from this segment because because like we said at the very beginning of this of this uh, review special is it's going to be kind of hard. It's going to be kind of boring to kind of to point out the stuff that we really liked, you know, because we liked all the majority of this film. The one thing I can kind of pull out of the scene that I really didn't enjoy was uh, Black Widow getting kidnapped. You know, I, you know, later in the movie, you know, it doesn't really hold much weight that she gets kidnapped. You know, I I just thought it was just kind of dumb. You know, she didn't really need to get kidnapped. It didn't really change what they needed to do. They still needed to find Ultron. But but she was the point where they found him. Yeah, but I, I, I could have seen them explaining it any millions of ways how they found Ultron. It could have been it could have been different. Like maybe she, maybe instead of her getting kidnapped and kind of being the helpless female character that she is not, she is very, very much uh, powerful on her own. You know, maybe instead of, you know, she did get left behind. Let's say she did fall out of that, that, uh, that Quinjet, but maybe she had the scent on Ultron and maybe she followed him with other means, you know, maybe she, she went back and picked up that, uh, that motorcycle that kind of got half destroyed by that truck or whatever. And she started following him. I don't know. I just I just thought the kidnap the kidnapping plot point was kind of weak, and I don't I don't think she needed to be taken. See, I, I, again, I I'm gonna go on the opposite that she did because she she showed that she was resourceful. She uh-huh. was able to build a uh, a radio to do Morse code by herself in that, that dungeon. <laughs> yeah, but I and then also think... Ultron said he wanted he wanted an audience. Like he explained why he's like, well, you scarred me. When they look at me, they will only see a monster. 
because of Captain America's shield across his chest. Mm-hmm. Then he ripped that body apart and showed his new vibranium body. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty cool. I mean, I guess they needed some sort of human there that he could talk to since basically everyone had abandoned him since uh, since the twins left him. So that was a really cool scene. I like seeing him rip through that old body because the Ultron that was revealed, you know, the Ultron that like looked like it's been juicing, it looked, looked a lot like the Ultron from the comic books. And that was really cool because he looked a lot... He was looked a lot, a lot deadly. He was a lot he looked, scarier. Yeah, he did. That's a good way to put it. He did look scarier. But, you know, um, you know, from there, you know, do we just kind of, uh, you know, do we just want to jump into the final scene? Or? Well, oh, no, we got I vision. Want to, we got I want to talk vision. about the vision real yeah, quick. Yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah. We don't have to go a lot in this because I want people to experience that. I mean, it's a, it's an experience to see the vision come to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see Jarvis get a body in, played by Paul Bettany, who actually voiced Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And he come out and he chose the cape because of how Thor looked. But then he's like, he's like, you can believe me or you can not believe me, but we need to go now. And he's just holding that hammer. Mm-hmm. And there were like people like gasping and like good, like a good reaction in like the second showing I was in uh-huh. at that point, because every, like everyone in that scene is just like looking at the hammer and they're like, Oh, Oh, which is a great throwback to that first scene where they're trying to pick up the hammer to see who's worthy. Yeah. Now. So overall, I thought that was that was very it was very humorous and it's a really good way to just get to the point that you can trust the vision. We don't have to go through all this minutia of the Avengers the Avengers arguing back and forth and then the vision needs to prove himself. But, you know, I we talked about in some of the previous episodes of of our podcast that I was really 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 hoping that the very first person to ever pick up that hammer, you know, the person that would be really, really worthy to 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 wield it would be Captain America, you know, because we we saw him wiggle it a little bit, you know, and you know that basically showed like, oh, you know, he maybe he has the ability to pick it up, you know, if he's desperate enough and he really needs it and he needs to save his friends and he needs to save the world. I was really, really hoping you know, at the when they eventually get to fight Thanos that that hammer still hasn't been picked up yet. And like Steve Rogers is just, just has nothing left, you know, shields like broken and shattered. You know, he, he's beaten to a pulp. All of his friends are just like laying on the ground and he just like out of desperation, just grabs his hammer and he actually picks it up. And I was really crossing my fingers that that scene was going to happen. But now I don't think that scene is going to carry any weight whatsoever. Now that the vision can just pick it up. You know, I don't, I don't think it was wasted necessarily on the vision i think it's still cool to put it there but you know obviously this is whedon's last movie he doesn't necessarily if he wants to use it now he's going to use it now he's not going to save it for uh the russo brothers well i think i mean i don't think it loses any weight he just shows he could pick it up i think it will we will see it infinity war part two as when steve gets to use it as a weapon uh because you know like a lot of these people are the their final contracts infinity war part two if they end up dying and need brought back by the gems, like, you know, like you said, like, they're dead. Like, who's going to pick up the hammer? Mm-hmm. I imagine Captain America picking up and using it as an actual, like, lightning, like, weapon to fight with. So, I, I think we'll see it, and I think it'll be even better in Infinity War Part Two when it's used as a weapon rather than just a vision uh-huh. hitting Ultron once and holding it once. Yeah. But I, but I really can't – I can't knock the movie for doing this because it, it was really it was really great. But, you know, I, I just personally really wanted to see it used for the first time in, in Infinity Wars. The, the way they revealed it, though, was, was superb. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's – he's there talking and then it just kind of shifts over to the left and then there's the hammer. And yeah. And you're like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you can trust the vision. He can hold the hammer. 
Yeah, but but now we you know we finally get into that we get into the final act, which which was really great because it was like the one thing that we really didn't get a whole lot of in the trailer at, at all. So it was still a really big mystery to me. I didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah, um, there was a lot going on here. Uh, we've talked about this. A lot of the scenes we saw in the commercials actually had different backgrounds replaced in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at you know scenes like I got no plans tomorrow, like that's actually in Avengers tower not in the the sokovia like it, the image is shot mm-hmm. to look like um a lot of fight you know they worry about the civilians first and foremost mm-hmm. which is awesome uh yeah yeah, yeah superman <laughs> yeah yeah suck it superman um uh, there's just a lot i mean the, the biggest part to me in this and, and this is i don't know how you feel is when nick fury shows up with the original helicarrier uh-huh did not see that coming yeah, I didn't see it coming either, but like, couldn't we get some sort of explanation? He says he got it, he dusted it off from some friends. Yeah, he went to, he went back to to drop Banner off and to talk to Hill, and that's where he got it from. Yeah, but I th- I thought we were under the impression that like Shield didn't so much exist anymore. They didn't have a whole lot of resources. It was still kind of being built up, and we saw all of those helicarriers just crashing. Well, those were and, the new ones. This is the original one. The original yeah. one was not in Winter Soldier. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you know if they were gonna bring it back, they I was maybe they could have made it look like an older model. Maybe you know since the first one we saw had those that dual runway, maybe they could have just made it like a single runway and made it look maybe slightly rusted or something like that. Well, it would have been cool maybe if it just kind of looked like actually something he dusted off I, for th- real. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, this is the helicarrier. It's been upgraded to have those helper pods, like the the escape pods, like uh-huh. to go pick people up. I mean, I think honestly, to, if I was to guess it. Maria Hill was using money from Tony Stark to build this in secret for these the rescue situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it was awesome to see Nick Fury back in his original dress on his original helicarrier mm-hmm. with the guy from Winter Soldier who didn't want to push the button. <laughs> the the guy who didn't want to push the button in Winter Soldier was actually the guy there who's like, and we're locked and stocked and the things are full of people. <laughs> so that was that same guy, which was a pretty cool throwback, you know, like, those are true shield agents he could trust. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But you know, you know, overall, I thought this uh, this ending scene was pretty cool. We got some really cool dialogue, a nice speech from Hawkeye. You know, we got some really uh, cool stuff going back and forth between these characters. Uh, the the one thing I think I could pull out of here that I, I didn't like too much was I felt like the 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 battle kind of lost a little bit of weight just because they were fighting the same enemy over and over again. It was just more robots, more robots, more robots. Oh, here's some more robots. Oh, here's a wave of more robots. You know, the, the nice thing about when the Chitari invaded New York, at least we had we kind of had three different types of Chitari. We kind of had the foot soldiers. We had the dudes on those like flying jet skis. And then we had the big giant worms, you know, they kind of had to do a little bit more problem solving of how to fight these guys. But this was just Ultron's wave of like cannon fodder that they, uh, that they destroyed very easily. You know, they just kind of like threw a shield at it or zapped it with a taser. And then it was just, they were just kind of down for the count. So, you know, it kind of would have been cool maybe if Ultron, you know, designed a couple different types of robots, you know, maybe some big, some big ones that had like a, that had like a lot of metal attached to them, you know, maybe some different classes of drones. I thought that that could have been a cool addition. I'm actually going to go with numbers. The numbers, like we saw that promo art from San Diego last year, I think it was. And it Uh was just Ultron bots like overrunning the Avengers. Uh And that's essentially what we got. Uh, that image was pretty much it. Like all these Ultron, like he had sheer numbers. 
But at the same time, you know, the Avengers had to, like, it wasn't just fight, fight, fight these robots. It was fight the robots and get the people out. Mm-hmm. So I think the single bot type worked because there were so many of them. And we got to see that in the final thing where that thing's spinning in the middle and all of the people are there fighting all those Ultron bots. Uh, like that, that was true to that image, and I, I feel pretty awesome like knowing that that image was, was like that. Yeah, and well, that was uh, one really great scene that you brought up was we kind of got that um, – I don't really know if that, that scene has a name in the first Avengers where they've kind of got that full circle roundabout shot where you got to see all of them in a circle because we kind of got that again but upgraded. They weren't just standing there. They were all fighting in a giant circle, and it was kind of in slow-mo and like Captain America was doing like misty flips in the air with his shield and stuff, and uh, everyone was just destroying bots and just obliterating them. And then from that fight, you get that that busting out of the visions, like mind gem blast out of his forehead, and they all fire at Ultron. That was really rad. Yeah, a fun note about that: when his face is melting from those blasts, mm-hmm. that actually the red heat glows up to the face from the comic books. Yeah, I know. I noticed that too, and I was I was wondering if you were going to pick up on that. That is really cool. Um, I would be cool if we can find a screen grab for that and do like a little side by side. But yeah, that was cool. A little homage that, you know, Joss Whedon, someone who really cares about the comic books will pay attention to. But I think, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the entire film, uh, comes from this last battle was uh, Hawkeye talking to Scarlet witch. You know, he was just like, we're on a, we're in a floating city fighting killer robots and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes any sense. I just thought that whole line was just pure. It was just pure gold. And I, I, I could watch this whole movie could have been total garbage. It wasn't. It could have been. And if that scene was there, I would still rewatch it just so I could see that. That was just that was just great. That was good. And I, I think also one of the better scenes is the vision talking to the last Ultron bot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like talking about it, it was it was like kind of one of those things at the end of south park where kyle's like and you know what we learned today <laughs> and it's like the vision and ultron and the vision's like this is what we learned but again again i was born yesterday so it was entertaining and it, it, it was good i enjoyed it yeah and we didn't get a definitive destruction of ultron you know vision says uh when he kind of first is born he says you know i don't want to destroy ultron you know he says he's what is he like an interesting creature or he's what unique. is he yeah, he's unique. And at the very end, we see a big blast from the mind gem, but we do not actually see Ultron die. You know, I've heard some people say that maybe uh, he thinks um, he stored Ultron in the mind gem or something like that, or maybe he transported him somewhere. But I think this kind of alludes to I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Ultron pops back up in another film. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying that. That's not for me because Ult- I mean, Vision goes out of his way to kill the bots before War Machine can. Uh later on so i think vision is very adamant on getting rid of ultron thoroughly Mm -hmm. um much like he does in the comics slash earth's mightiest heroes um plus the the soul gem is usually what people are stored Mm -hmm. or things are stored in in the the universe but i mean that's a story for another day Mm -hmm. uh and at the end that leads us to the new avengers facility yeah we we kind of you know they they save the day and then we kind of uh roll back into uh, a scene that we are familiar with from the last Avengers where Tony's rolling out in an Audi. So we get that Audi again rolling up to the new Avengers facility. Yeah, the new Avengers is, you know, uh, called New Avengers um, because there's another book called The New Avengers, mm-hmm. which is another team of Avengers. Uh, that's more, most notably where Wolverine and Spider-Man joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting. 
Um, they talk about the hammer being uh, worthy in an elevator. <laughs> yeah, that was really that uh, was really hilarious. You sent me an image of a hammer in an elevator. You're the second person to send me that image today, <laughs> and that was very entertaining. Yeah, I got I got to get that life size prop. I love that hammer. Yeah, and uh, then we meet. I mean, everyone kind of goes the, the the end of this movie sets up everyone on the chessboard for Phase Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America and Black Widow are training these new Avengers recruits who exist who uh, uh who are, you know, the War Machine, the Vision, Falcon, and Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tony, he's, like, giving up. He's like, oh, maybe I'll go do something else. Like, yeah, but, it doesn't but, really say. Yeah, but we all know that that doesn't even really count because he's showing up in Civil War. He's, like, their most – he's, like, the biggest billable character that they can put in any movie. We know we're going to be seeing him again, so it doesn't really matter where he goes. He's just he's just going on vacation. He's going to go chill with Pepper on an island somewhere for a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, Thor goes back to Asgard to learn more about these Infinity Stones, why they're yeah. showing up frequently. And he cares nothing about your lawn maintenance. He does not. And then the Hulk is hiding somewhere. So we know he doesn't get his own movie. Will he show up somewhere else? We don't know. Yeah, we're kind of getting that sad, moping, wandering uh, Hulk. The but lonely I... man where he walks down the road with his thumbs stuck out. <laughs> yeah, but I think that makes sense because it kind of makes them all getting back together, getting the gang back together a little bit more strong by separating them. I would I would imagine Banner is just trying to distance himself from everything because he's just tired of just fucking everything up, destroying everything. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, interesting um, to see because I mean they're all like this. The end of this film puts them all in places for Phase Three, where they probably like Tony and Cap will interact in Civil War, but after that, I don't think they will again until Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, but man, let's let's just let's just end this really in depth talk about this movie with that with that teaser. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Thanos grabs his gauntlet and pops it on. Oh, man. It's a left-handed gauntlet, yeah. which confirms there are two gauntlets in this Marvel Universe. Yeah, because you said that the what the one that's in Thor in the Asgard chamber is a right-handed gauntlet? It's a right-handed gauntlet. This one he pops on here is a left-handed, and Thanos normally wears a left-handed gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, I mean, Kevin Feige said there are two gauntlets. Oh, okay, because I, I would have just assumed it was like a mistake, that they just forgot to, to build the gauntlet on lefty instead of a righty. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I could see there being two gauntlets. Like, how do you defeat Thanos with an Infinity Gauntlet? Well, someone else with another gauntlet. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's not how they did it in the books, so I, they can do whatever they want in the movies. Yeah, I guess. So that kind of opens up a whole new thing. But, man, I love what he said. He's just like, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Which just, which just kind of shows you he's either definitely watching over the earth with a fine-tooth comb or maybe maybe somehow he had his – he was pulling some strings down there to get Ultron made. Maybe he was trying to find a, a another way to, to destroy the earth. Yeah, I, I, honestly, we don't know, but that was um, a great stinger to – the movie like to get you hyped yeah and it goes along great with the thanos one of the first one yeah you know and that just kind of rolls into uh the infinity stones in general you know 
I, you know, this is kind of going to be the last uh, bad thing I say about this film was I thought uh, the way kind of Thor just deciphers how important these gems are through his uh, magical water fairy dream was just kind of uh, weird. You know, uh, the guard the Guardians figured it out from a reputable dealer source, and we got a, kind of got this nice little visual explanation of what they are. I think we could have just left it at that. Well, and maybe I, I'm I'm going to stop you there because Dark World. His father talks about the Infinity Stones in the book. Mm-hmm. With Thor and Jane were there, and then if uh, uh, Volstag and Sif know about them, because they take them to the Collector, mm-hmm. Asgard's pro- Asgardians probably know about the Infinity Gems. Yeah, so. so so maybe Thor should have just been clued in already. You know, maybe he he could have saw maybe he could have saw the gem on Vision's forehead and just already kind of knew what it was. You know, overall, I I think we we we've talked about it enough that we don't like that water cave scene or whatever. Yeah. But you know, you know, overall, just in general as this whole film, there's definitely parts in it that I think we personally would have liked to seen handled differently. But overall, we're, we definitely don't hate this movie. We love this movie. We had a great time. You've seen it three times already. I've seen it twice, which is a big deal for me because I'm not a big movie rewatcher, especially going back to a theater and seeing it again. Uh, but this movie was this movie was so fun. Yeah, it really was. And um, to you know, to kind of cap this episode off. Let's go over the Easter eggs I found in it to make it even more fun. Yeah, this this is always the part that I that I look forward to. You're always on top of Easter eggs, man. Yes. So um, first off, I want to talk about Quicksilver dying. We didn't really touch that. Um, oh character, yeah. The character introduced <laughs> so quickly. He had a full story arc and and he died. But did he really die? Uh, in the last episode of Agents of Shield, Coulson mentioned Tahiti still being in play. Uh huh. Because he was gonna wipe Ward's mind. Uh huh. Um. So he could come back because it's used for Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, who knows if he'll come back? Maybe the Time Stone? I don't know. Is he dead? What do you think? Uh, I don't really know. I think um, I, I, I want to say it's a good thing that we have uh, the Russo brothers tackling the Infinity Wars because I think the more directors that are managing all these heroes, the better. But I, I don't think we are going to be missing out if uh, Quicksilver's gone. I think it's easier for him to be missing since there's um, since there's no Magneto, there's no family ties, you know. So it's not it's not like a huge loss. I think I think uh, I think um, was it. Aaron, Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson. Yeah, I think he played a great Quicksilver. You know, some people out there had issues with their with the twins' accents in general. I'm really not too sen- sensitive to accents. You know, even a bad accent sounds good to me, so it didn't bother me too much. But yeah, I didn't have any problems with the Quicksilver. But I'm I'm not really missing anything if he doesn't show up in any other movies. I think this whole Fox using Quicksilver probably was like not a reason Marvel used it, but a reason Marvel's not worried about having them because he was uh-huh. going to be killed off in the original script anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I mean, if he comes back, you know, I could definitely see it. But I think Aaron Taylor Johnson had an issue. He didn't want to sign up because of so many... He didn't want to be contracted to so many films. Oh, okay. And if his character died off, he's not really contracted to too many films, is he? No, he's not. So that, <laughs> that's it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that's Again, not to get us off course from the Easter eggs. So um, Friday, the AI... Um, uh, Tony used at the end as an, actually an AI from the comics during the Matt Fraction run right before uh, Dark Reign. Mm-hmm. So that was actually an AI he used, he, and he taught it, and it was a child, and then it grew up and became a teenager. And Tony didn't use it for a while, so it was like very mad at him, kind of like Ultron was. Uh huh. So I thought that was interesting. But if you look at the tapes he's choosing, you also see Jacosta. Jacosta is the bride of Ultron. He makes like a woman that he's gonna put. Uh, 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 the wasp in 
in uh-huh. the comics, and like Jocasta was the shell for that woman. Oh uh, man, only um, only Golden or Silver Age comics would think a robot needs a like a wife. Right, right. <laughs> Probably a Frankenstein kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the missing persons. Um, the Shield agent was from Winter Soldier. Veronica is from Archie. Uh, Helen Cho, uh, the lady who builds the screen uh, skin graft things, mm-hmm. her she, in the comics she is the mother of Amadeus Cho, who is like the sixth smartest person in the in the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, he's part of the Illuminati in the new comics right now. And oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, he worked with Hercules and the Hulk for a while. Uh, the New Avengers, we talked about that being a team of secondaries. He loses Claw, is Claw in the comic, and he loses his hand arm and will probably replace it with a claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultron's face, we talked about that. Oh, and the red cape around Ultron's face at the beginning, uh-huh. uh, when he reveals himself, is from a scene in the comics where he calls himself the Crimson Cowl. Oh. <laughs> and that's he goes by that name before he says, I am Ultron in the comics. So, like, that was an interesting, like, reveal real quick there. Like, a throwback before he, they revealed, like... Oh, that's cool. Uh, a couple questions I walk away with, and we can, you know, try to answer them, but, like, that's probably not. Let's have our people answer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ultron and Scarlet Witch's relationship was kind of mentioned, like, in the end, he's like, go, Wanda, and, like, why does he care mm-hmm. about her? I think maybe it might be the mind gem, since their power, they're both created from the mind gem. Uh-huh. But uh, in the comics, you know, um, the ultimate comics, Ultron falls in love with the Scarlet Witch, and then he kills her because he can't have her. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, and but she has his cow, that red cow, in the scene on, on the train with Captain America. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that she's got a red cow. That's the one that he was wearing at the throne room. Oh, I didn't realize. Early it. on, yeah, I cut that the third time today. Um, what are exactly our Ultron's powers? He shoots red lasers. He has these gravity lift gauntlets things. Yeah. And um, is he have a vibranium shell at the end? They didn't really say or not. Yeah, we. I kind of assumed that his body was going to end up being made of vibranium, you know. Uh, but it actually, I guess, all the vibranium funneled into Vision. I don't yeah, know. and and the 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 bomb that drops or the thing that lifts the world up or the town up into the sky. Uh huh. And lastly, can the Vision exist without the mind gem in his head? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the Vision being one and the same with the mind gem. You know, I kind of like him being an embodiment of one of these gems more than just being something created by it. You know, it just makes him a little bit more special. It makes him way more powerful. Yeah, I, I think so too. But Ultron was also created from the gem. But I, I don't know. Like, will he die for Thanos to obtain it? It's the real question. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I really walked away with there at the end. Yeah, it, it, this will definitely be interesting. This this overall just makes me really excited for more of the Marvel Universe. You know, I, I can't wait to visit space again. I want to go back with the Guardians and, and see what see how space is shaping up and how, you know, if the Earth pops back up on Star-Lord's uh, radar. You know, I, I really want to see Star-Lord come back to Earth and see all these heroes and... You know, I think I, I just think this is going to be great when we get to the Infinity Wars and everyone just gets to pop back up in these movies. I think it's just going to be a crazy, amazing time, and my eyes are just going to be like, just filled with just filled with other childlike joy. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, but exactly, and they have a lot to live up to. Like this was so good, they have a lot to live up to, and I think they're going to deliver. Yeah, but more importantly, let's kind of hope they they keep their mouth shut on Phase 4. I want to go into the Infinity War not knowing what's going to come. Like, I I don't want them to announce a new Captain America movie before I see the Infinity Wars because I think Captain America might die in the Infinity Wars, and I don't want to know that there's going to be another movie. I, I, you know, I want want Phase 3 to kind of cap off 
this Marvel Cinematic Universe very, very nicely. I will totally be okay with more films, but I want these first three phases to be all contained to these gems. I want them to be standalone. I, and then I, you know, maybe bring in new talent for the new movies. Maybe Kevin Feige wants to go do something else, and they bring in a new, uh, they bring in a new guy to helm the the new addition to the universes. But you know, I'm looking forward to the Infinity Wars, just topping everything off with a nice little bow, and I want to see how things end up. Yeah, uh, I think they got a lot to live up to with this being such a great entry and such a good sequel slash finish to Whedon's Avengers. Like, you know, they can go wherever they want with theirs. Mm -hmm. Since this, you know, was like, if I look at Avengers and I look at Age of Ultron, they go well together. Yeah. And uh, they're going to kickstart off Phase 3. Well, kind of. We'll see what Ant-Man does. Um, Yeah. But kicking off Phase 3, putting people on the board where they need to be and did a, a great job and i will probably see it two more times before it's out <laughs> of the theater yeah well man this was this was really great i really liked uh, sitting down and just dissecting this movie it was really fun uh i think we're we're going to be doing a spoiler cast for i think every major superhero release um uh you know, I, I we're definitely going to be doing them for the DC universe too. So we're we're equal opportunity lovers of comic books. So definitely come back for uh, our our Ant Man spoiler review. Uh, what is that next month? Uh, July. Oh, so we got like two months. Though. Yeah, July. Uh, and then you know, right after that would be Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And then um, probably uh, Star Wars will be our huge one. Oh, in that'll December. be huge. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, we, we really hope you guys like this spoiler cast. Uh, you know, if you really liked it, share it with your friends. Uh, you know, they can kind of jump into our brains, jump into the world of our uh, of our love for superheroes. But, uh, you know, Chris, if, if they if they want to follow more of your more of your opinions uh, on the Marvel Universe or maybe maybe get a glimpse of how you feel about these movies before we record these podcasts, where they can, where can they follow you? Yeah, they can follow me at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, on Twitter or Comic UI uh, News. We also have Facebook and Twitter on Comic UI, so look us up there. Uh, you can tell us if we're right, if we're wrong. Uh, we, we, we appreciate you know, criticism, so let us know that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, where can I tell you you're wrong at? <laughs> well, you guys can tell me I'm wrong at Mike Royer Design, either on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, and also, you can go read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. You know, that's where you can find me, where you can call me stupid for not liking Hawkeye's wife and wishing it was his sister instead. But as always, if you're a fan of the show, please, please, please visit superheroslate.com. That is the best place to find all of these links, all of our show notes for our weekly episodes. You know, that's where you can find the links to our YouTube channel where we also put our show on you know you can uh, find links for our iTunes where you can review us that's you know I think that's that's the best way to support any podcast especially ours is go on iTunes and, and review the show it kind of helps us uh I believe be more visible in kind of uh, their rankings and their recommended shows. So please definitely do that. And, you know, you can find our email address up there and, you know, you can just contact us and connect with us anywhere. We're all over the place and, and, and we love talking about superheroes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But the current time, my battery is running low and I have to go to the bathroom. So I think that's <laughs> going to be it for this podcast. Ooh, yeah, we, man, we hope you guys enjoyed this and um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe!